This episode of Masters of the Cinematic Universe is brought to you by Mo DeWitt and DeWitt Law Firm. Maybe you get in an accident chasing down a homicidal liquid metal machine from the future, or a time-traveling car sends you skidding into a truck full of manure. Perhaps a homicidal child cracks your skull open with a paint can this holiday season. Mo understands that every case is unique. If you're injured on the go, just call Mo. Welcome to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I'm Joe, and as always, Doug and Eric are here with me as we're getting ready to celebrate another cinematic classic. A classic? Well, I'm, I'm assuming this will be a classic one day. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's got the pedigree. It does. Um, so, uh, what's what's up, guys? What's new? What's going on in your worlds? Did you say it all weird and apprehensive like that? No, I will. Like, what's, what's going on? What's going on with you guys? How, how, Any, you, anything, how you doing? Anything going on new in your world? What's up with your world, baby? Let me hear about it. Mm, thank you for calling one nine hundred Eric Doug Joe, where we three way you every call. <laughs> okay, RJ. <laughs> yeah. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. No, sorry. <laughs> I will tell you what's new with me. I spent most of the day at the University of Central Florida today because my oldest daughter, Natalie, is in this uh, program called SECME, like a science and engineering deal. And so she's been working super hard with uh, two of her classmates on this project. It's like a kinetic energy thing. They had to design a car that would run oh, cool. just on kinetic energy and a mousetrap. So wait, we man, will... wait, I'm just I'm sorry. You live in Florida, right? Yeah, I know. It's, so this is real? This is real. Yeah. Sorry, you got to seek this I kind of stuff resist. out. All right. I couldn't. It's resist. not, Sorry. it's not, it's not out on front street in front of your face, man. You really right. got to do some digging to get yeah. to the All right. uh, I'm science and engineering. I, bad joke to interrupt you with. Proceed. No, it was the most accurate joke. It's better than the joke <laughs> I'm getting ready to make. <laughs> <laughs> so she worked, like I said, really hard on this thing. And today was the big day. She was super nervous about it. Um, and and like as a parent you got to be ready to give the like it's okay honey like you win some you lose some you know these were like it was a competition so there were going to be winners and losers and mm -hmm. um i'm happy to say that that her group won third place out nice of, it was like a national competition so it was like this big deal mm -hmm. and that's pretty I got sweet to, dude i got to see her face like knowing how nervous she was and she just fucking I mean, she was holding her friend's hand and they announced it and she lit up and they went up there and got medals put around their necks. Like it was such a cool um, parent moment for, for me and my wife. Oh, so, that's the best. So, yeah, it's it was so, awesome. great. so it was how awesome. mad were you when you looked over at the first place in the kinetic energy contest and it was a trench coat, a bow staff and a pack of playing cards? <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> You're still mad that I drew that X Men picture and didn't include Gambit. I know. How do you is. not include Gambit in the X Men? It was a commission, and he had very specific parameters that I was happy to oblige. Yeah, his, yep. uh, fucking. You won't draw the fucking classic artwork that I tell you, but you'll draw that shit. 
<laughs> Still no ch 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 Also, I did find out yesterday or a couple days ago that Gambit um, had he not given up some of his his mutant ability in the beginning to Mister Sinister because he was not liking what he like was overpowering. Basically, he would have been an Omega level mutant. Be- oh my god! Because there's an alternate version of Gambit called like um like something sun like mega sun or something like that he's like the alternate dimension version of gambit and he's like the most powerful being in existence oh you must have loved that storyline man <laughs> <laughs> also in one of the other x-men storylines because i've been re-watching the cartoons gambit is the only one that survives everything all the rest of the x-men are dead and he's like the last one alive and listen i love gambit i'm a 90s kid man so you know that that animated series roster was my roster yeah me too um, that's my x-men this- this gentleman was a little older than me so his roster was kind of like that 70s 80s john bushima you know like wolverine colossus were new members you know what i mean so it was speaking it was more that speaking of x-men and wolverine specifically after watching tonight's movie i doubling tripling quadrupling down on the fact that terrence egerton should be wolverine i know right Jesus oh yeah Christ. he would make the fucking best wolverine there could Wouldn't be he? yeah He's got he's the build. For it too. He's got the stature. He can yep. fight. Like, oh he's god, a little scrappy, short dude. That's what I'm. That's yeah. what I was. He's got the sarcasm. Yeah, no, he's, uh, got, he's got everything. He's been lobbying hard for that too. Oh, I yeah. hope he get like Hopefully that would like fucking just make. He should be the MCU Wolverine. I don't want his fucking Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman's not a good Wolverine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he did a good job with it, especially towards the end there, man. Like that Logan movie was phenomenal for me. Yes. But, oh, it was amazing. Oh, oh. But but you know, yeah, they they when they made those first few X Men movies, they were still very like nineties fying superhero movies. Yeah. It was like, yeah. how do we make this more like the Matrix so that people will like it? Hold you on. Know? Was Logan the one that had the weird Deadpool in it? No, no, no. Logan was the one with the uh, Professor X, but you know, in his in his uh, older. Oh, years. that's okay. Okay. Right. I'm thinking. Wolverine. I mean, I'm thinking that was o- that Origins. was Wolverine. Origins Wolverine. Yeah. Oof, which is a... also the only movie to have a gambits in it even though it sucked yeah that was bad that was bad yeah. someone actually that... made a um a fan fiction gambit movie and it's on youtube oh, oh yeah there's tons of stuff like that it's and fucking they're, amazing they're really good yeah they're really there's there's batman ones there's wolverine i mean they're all over the place but they're really good yeah. but i'll just finish by saying natalie i'm very proud of you i know you're never going to listen to this unless I'm, i've been dead for 20 or 30 years and you're like digging through you know <laughs> like looking for some reason of, to get embarrassed yeah yeah my recorded voice from oh my god remember when dad did this thing i love you i'm very proud of you and uh what more can i say so that's what's new with with me what's new with you joe uh i went to epcot yesterday okay oh, um, cool they're doing mm. some art festival and the food was fucking amazing. Like it's not the nice. normal food and wine. Like they changed the entire like things for everything. Normally, no matter when you go, there's like, they just basically like any other time of the year is like a scaled down version of food and wine. This was, um, scaled up, uh, scaled pl- up. so it was interesting. Eric, you might actually enjoy this too. They actually have like tents all around the park with pieces of art that they're selling, like set up. Oh, cool. It's not just like, you know, Disney selling. They have like different like art houses that came in and set up like tents all around the, the park. I'll tell you something. Not only am I aware of that, our buddy, I say our buddy, my my, my buddy Jeremy from Hourglass Brewing, friend of the show. Um, he's working one of those tents this oh, season. Yeah. And one of the artists that does the Hourglass shows is 
a licensed Disney artist. So Uh this guy, he has the keys to the castle. Like he gets to do, you know, the, the licensed star Wars stuff, the licensed, you know, like Mandalorian stuff. I got a proposal, a proposal for you. Oh no. You make me cheese and I will sneak it in and act and just set it up in one of those tents. I will put it somewhere. I will like pull like three or four pitches for it and slide in behind (laughs) it. So some kid will come there and be traumatized for the rest of their life. I would, I would do that. I can, would do that. Can we do that for real? Like, I seriously will do this. I'm not I'll put right. it in the in the plastic sleeve with the yep. you know cardboard back. I'll, I'll walk right in the park with it like nothing, and then no I'll just deal. I'll just I'll just hide Stick it, it in a, a rack that people are going through. I'll put it in like the fucking a Thomas Kincaid one too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Um, but uh, dude, one of the things you like got, going to Disney, man. You're thinking of ways to get banned forever, man. They I won't know. play around with that stuff. Oh, yeah. but it, like. Imagine the story for the podcast. <laughs> oh, at, I mean, that would be national news, right? Like if, yeah. if some poor kid laid eyes on that fucking <laughs> thing. You're just like sitting there minding your business like three days later or the news comes like, kid at Disney finds Ch-Ch-Ch-Cheese by Art of Eric Pabone. still crying. Yeah. And they do that thing where they take the, the stock footage of it, but they pixelate part of it. Yes. You, know? <laughs> you see Gadget in the bed, you see the pixelated mouse. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh-huh. but... I, I did get an awesome beef Wellington, um, oh. which was really fucking good. Yeah. Look, it's not awesome unless Gordon Ramsay makes it. No. <laughs> well, I don't think the uh, the guy that worked in the little tent <laughs> that was Gordon Ramsay trained, uh-huh. but it was tasted pretty tasty. They also had like deconstructed um, French onion soup, which was really good. Deconstructed How's soup. After you deconstruct soup. Yeah. Like what so, is, it had like this little ravioli in the middle that was full of the French onion juice. Okay. Uh-huh. And then like around that they put like the onions and like the cheese and like all the other toppings. And then when you cut into it, it all just came out. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. It was Creating really it was soup. really tasty. Um what else did I eat that was really good there? Uh I don't know. I had a bunch of shit. I ate a lot, <laughs> but it was all pretty damn good. Yeah, and I went on yeah, Guardians yeah. of the nice. Galaxy and of course got stupid disco inferno again. <laughs> can't ever get a good song except disco inferno every time yeah how about you doug what's going on in your world my uh my weekend well first part of my weekend was also food centric this um is my daughter's birthday on thursday so erica took the train up to boston to hang out with hannah and um they went out and had some nice food italian food up in the north end oh yeah they also went to Mike's Pastries. Oh, not Mike's. See? Eric knows. Oh, God if you know, damn it. If you know, you know Mike's Pastries, right? <sighs> so they bought, um, let's just say, a lot of cannolis. <laughs> and these cannolis are, I mean, I'm. this is a you know an audio medium, but I'm holding my hands up. They're the size of a fucking burrito. Yeah, that okay. is a football-sized hand yeah. gesture. I, I have other terminology for that, but okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I have my, my glucose meter has been going batshit crazy. Cause I've, oh yeah. I've had two, I had two, I had one last night and one uh, tonight and I'm still floating from it. I mean, yeah. Mike's pastries. And it's worth it though, man. God oh, damn. oh no. It's a, it's definitely worth the cheat. I'm not even sweating it. I'm Look, not yeah. even sweating it. I'm not going to lie. Cause I know this is insulting as it gets to every Italian person in the world, but <laughs> Carabas makes the best fucking cake called the cannoli cake. <laughs> no, I fucking no. love it. 
No, I know it's not comparable. Like I'm not saying it's comparable. No, I understand. But for everybody who listens in a place that doesn't have real Italian food, yeah, like it's so. No, I'm sure it's really good. I I I believe you absolutely. I get it. Um, it's it's good like Italian trash food. You know, like you have like a trash pizza place that you know the pizza's not good, but every once in a while you get a craving for it. Like oh my god, you know, Little Caesars. Like we got to get a Little Caesars pizza. Like, yeah. why would you do that? Well, I don't know. Yep. It's $5 and uh, it activates some synapse in my brain that I can't explain. Yeah. So that's what. Yeah, no, I get it, man. I get it. And uh, yeah, so it was, it was a cannoli centric weekend. They also, they also told me, so Mike's is a place that they're open very, very late. I don't think they're open 24 hours, but they're open till probably midnight or one in the morning. And there is always a line around the block to get your stuff from Mike's. When they went, they got lucky. It wasn't crazy crowded, but they're standing there at their little spot. And every, every person working behind the counter who's helping customers is their old Italian ladies with the hair up to here. They're right out of Goodfellas, these, these women, right? Yeah. And next to Erica and Hannah are four Southie guys, drunk Southie guys, right? And they walked, I don't, we, we don't know if they were, pulling chains or they were serious but they asked the woman behind the counter what what's good here <laughs> right in the southy accent i can't even do it and the woman looks at them like so annoyed and she goes cannolis <laughs> she no she actually looked around because like there's pictures of cannolis on the wall everywhere <laughs> she looks around at the picture goes cannolis <laughs> it's like what flavor chocolate chip See, you could tell she was going, ah, Marona, yeah, 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 She yeah. just wanted to lose her Italian shit on these idiots, these drunken Southie Irish idiots. So, yeah, so there was there was that too. But, yeah, cannolis for the win. That that's was amazing. my, that's my what's new. Yeah. Holy moly, man. Holy yeah. moly, that's the spicy oh, no. cannoli. Exactly. <laughs> it reminds me of when I was a kid, I used to work at a dollar store. It was one of those true dollar stores where everything was a dollar and there were signs everywhere that said everything is a dollar. And every shift, some lady would come up to the counter and say, how much is this? Yeah. <laughs> I know. How much do you think it is? Take a guess. Yeah. Just take, take a, a guess. Yeah. Just a stab in the dark. I'll give you three guesses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to have a five and 10 store. Oh, yeah. Five and 10. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was fun. Um, speaking of, um, of specialty stores that, you know, really excel in one thing or another, where would I go to get a really good suit? You got to go to a tailor, dude. Yeah. Is there any specific yeah. ones? I, I'm going to take a trip to London. Is there maybe some place in Savile Row I should check out? I think you might want to do that. You want the you, real name or the name of the? No, hold on a second. Before <laughs> that, that sounds expensive. I'm trying to it, just do a segue. <laughs> I know. They are bespoke. I, I'm trying to throw some some road spikes at you for fucking change. Um, what's the? You, you're going to love the way you look. I guarantee it. Um, <laughs> just for men. That's where you need to go. Just exactly. off the rack, big yeah. balloony shoulders. Yeah. No, you're gonna go yeah. see the Kingsman, man. You want to go? Yeah, to Kingsman. the Kingsman. Damn. Or Huntsman and Sons. Yeah, and just like this movie starts, I'm gonna start this in the most amazing way. I couldn't resist putting this song in here. I fucking love oh, this you song. You have to. Yeah. One of my favorite guitar riffs ever. Amazing yep. drum solo. Like, I was hooked at the, just this when this started, mm-hmm. this movie. Like, this is all I needed. I'm like, we're good. 
Oh, I waited till now to tell you this. Never seen this movie before. Really? <gasps> Never seen it before. Before oh today. Oh yeah. my God. Never you're, saw it. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm uh, as we'll excited see. as Joe is. We'll see. We'll see. Did I like it or not? I don't know. like part of the movie that matters in that i just want to play money for nothing you know yep. i have an excuse to oh uh, it's a great opening that's always been one of my favorite like guitar riffs too like i don't know why just that, yeah. that is so good and it just follows that sick like ambient drum solo mm-hmm. uh, oh it's, it's kind of a weird video it's like it's like um there's this game my kids play where everything is like blocks <laughs> that's what the video reminds me of yes well, that was the beginnings of uh, computer graphics is what that was. Yeah. That's when that came out. Wasn't that the first video played in MTV? No. No Video way, killed man. the radio star was oh, the that's first right. video. I feel like there's, so some, that was there's, early. there's some kind of like trivia with it with MTV though. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's actually the song because MTV movies, you know, their movie. That's uh, what it was. Arm uses that at the beginning of their movies. All right. Pop quiz, hot shot. What's the first MTV movie? Uh, Joe's apartment. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Only reason yeah. I like that is because it's Joe's, and also I they're singing that cockroaches. From my mind. Oh, I love that movie. We may do that movie eventually. Oh, God, that that me. is um, I mean it's not good, but I love it. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> that's it's that's not one good. of those movies that when your wife walks through, she's like, "Oh, that's a Joe movie." Yes, yeah, a Joe movie. <laughs> <laughs> Let me guess, Joe movie. <laughs> we talked about this before we started recording, but this is one of the or no, I shouldn't say one of the. This is the only movie so far in our tenure doing this show where I could like make the argument that when my wife walked into the room, she could not figure out who picked it. And that doesn't happen on the show. Yeah. You get a, you get like a, we all have our taste, right? If it's a Spielberg movie or, you know, sometimes like a eighties well, movie. You're always the big blockbusters me. too. Blockbusters. Yeah. yeah. Tent pole, you know, classic popcorn summer movies. Totally. Totally. Um, like I said, Spielberg, 80s you know all of all all of those boxes get checked doug picks some really renowned movies with pedigree interesting choices some sometimes out of left field classics but also british and he he does stick to that a lot too yes yeah 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 but usually movies that um you would expect to rank high on a critic's score. You right. want to, you're that tomato meter is going to be on the high side usually. <laughs> and, and Joe's are the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah, usually a Joe movie, a Joe movie has these qualities usually. Cult classics. Um, some, yeah, cult classics. Um, the humor is important. Yeah, Sophomore absurdity, humor based. Toilet um, humor. Yeah. It's, it's, um, nudity is a, is a plus. You should be embarrassed <laughs> to watch it with your parents. Or your children should not be in the house. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like or really, the, anyone that you know. Yeah, you, you should. If you have, if you admit you like this to somebody, you should feel a little bit of shame. Yeah, and this was not that man. Like this was. But this had all know. of those things together. 
in a nice in a nice little suit. Yes, it, right. it did. It, it had did. elements of all three of our choices together, and I think any one of us could have picked this movie except Eric because he hadn't seen it somehow. He's not yeah, seen this yeah movie. I know. Well, it's if, funny if I had seen it, I might have picked it. Hey, Eric, guess what? Yeah. There's two yeah. more. I saw that, and they're just yeah, as good. That's true, and they, they are. are just as good. We, we're we're going to do. We, we're going to do the second one. Oh, definitely. If nothing else, for continue. Elton John. <laughs> We can continue this conversation next week because next week's movie is not an Eric movie. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's next week's right. movie is a Joe movie, meaning it's a movie that I would guess if I didn't know that Joe would pick. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. Trying to, I'm trying to remember what yeah. we're doing next week. Oh, yeah, you're yeah, right. Joe got real confused for a second. He's like, what yeah, the fuck are you talking about? So, yeah. I was like, wait this a second. Like, uh, I'm not leaving two in like a row. Fuck Friday. that. We're yeah, living it's... Freaky Friday right now with you two. Yeah, totally. Kind of. Some you Twilight know? Zone shit going on, man. Yeah. We're the, 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 the next movie, I think, though, is a Doug movie. <laughs> no, no, you're... No, no, no. no after after the then? next one. About time. Well, uh, all right, really quick. I don't know if, I, if I'm if i going to do the movie that I picked because I watched it the other day. And it sucked. And, no. And I, <laughs> cried so, I cried so much that oh. I don't know if I can make it through oh. the episode without crying like a baby. Oh, so shit. I might need to switch it up. But I'm not sure. If I grow a pair of balls, I'll still do it. But otherwise, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. I told right. Hannah, I told Hannah that I was gonna do it. And she goes, You can't do that one. You won't <laughs> yeah. make it through the episode. You'll cry like a baby. Oh, uh, that's how you know. That's how you right. know. Yeah. So I almost we'll see. Want, I almost want to do Golden Circle now because it's so fucking good. Like I'm on a Kingsman oh, is, kick yeah. right now. Yep. Um, All right. But but yeah, so we're doing the movie Kingsman tonight. If we haven't actually like said it officially yet. <laughs> Uh, 2014, I believe. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Michael. Yep. I didn't write Matthew his name Vaughn. Up. Matthew Vaughn was the director. Kick ass. Uh, yep. Hold on. Matthew Vaughn was the director. Okay, that makes sense. He wrote sense. and directed Kick Ass, and he also wrote and directed. Um, I have mentioned this movie in my list of British gangster movies called the movie called Layer Cake with Daniel Craig. Oh. Okay. Um, he wrote and directed that, and that's why it's so good. Like Matthew Vaughn's pedigree, he's only directed like. 10 movies and they're all amazing like the At guys least. the guys he he's a he's a stud so matthew vaughn's a, a straight up like comic book guy like yeah. he was a, a comic book writer turned yep. director but he very smartly like owns all the rights to all his shit yes yep so yeah yep. i mean he's doing it the right way man I will say, yeah. when I, for the very first time I watched this movie, I had zero like idea what to expect from this Dude, movie. Same here. I just knew it had Colin Firth, Samuel L. Jackson, Terrence Egerton, Michael Caine. I was like, okay, well, the cast is really fucking good. I'm like... Yeah. Mark Hamill, son. Oh, yeah. I was going to get there. Right? I was going to I was gonna surprise right. you. Okay. I'm sorry. Also, I like when he walks in and he gets so excited when someone asks him about anthropogenic force. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a great yes. line. It's a great little Easter egg they threw in there. Um, yeah. but the movie we are doing is the Kingsman, the secret service, which is the first Kingsman movie, but not the chronologically, the first Kingsman movie, <laughs> right? Cause the King's man is actually chronologically. Oh, and don't even get me started when we do, we're, we're going to do that too. Um, I fucking, so one of the podcasts I really like is the last podcast on the left. And my favorite, mm -hmm. my favorite episode of that podcast is the Rasputin episodes because Rasputin is one of the most interesting people in fucking history, right? Like, yes. So he's in that movie. Like and I was like, yes. I did the Thor. Like I work with that guy. Like the yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And do you know anything about Kings Rasputin, Eric? 
No, not really. So is, he is a real historical figure. Sure. Okay. And basically, he was like a, a kind of like a wizard shaman for the Tsar of Russia. And the only reason he was in this spot is because he was known to have one of the largest penises in history. It's in a jar somewhere. Yeah, it's still in a jar somewhere. Like to this day, like cut off, they cut it off and put it in a jar. And he basically cucked the Tsar of Russia by like getting his wife to tell him what to do because he would fuck his wife. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Yeah, like that's the story of Rasputin. Like he he helped facilitate the the Russian Revolution that got the Tsar out of power. Yeah. Okay. So so it's an it's an insane so. like um, when was that uh, Stalin or Lenin? Uh, yeah, good. I don't know. Whichever one, of the, I can't remember which one came. I think Lenin was the first one. Ringo Starr. Yeah. Yes, it was. Ringo Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> also, later in this movie, when he says, "Do your best impersonation of a of a German aristocrat," I fucking lost oh, that it. That's good. That's good. Yes, <laughs> I know. I lost that. Yes. All right, I gotta get in on this movie. So we open with a uh, "Money for Nothing" playing by Dire Straits. And it's, it's 1997 at this point, and we see, like, a helicopter flying to this, like, weird, like, Middle Eastern castle. It looks like a set from Game of Thrones. Um, and uh, we we see, like, it's blowing shit up. There's people there. There's I mean, you instantly, right off the bat, know this movie's going to fucking have some crazy action in it. And they're not going to be scared to show you blood and gore. Like, it's in this movie. Also, the fight scenes in this movie. We will get to them as we get to them, but fuck, this movie has incredible fight scenes. Yes. Um, so... We see these four men that are standing in a room with a terrorist leader. They have him tied to a chair. One of them speaking um, Arabic to him. And um, the one of the men we come to find out his name is Harry Hart, also known as Galahad in the movie, played by Colin Firth. He threatens to shoot the terrorist unless he gets some answers. Um, but as the terrorist lifts his head up from like going down to his knees because he gets shot in the knees, you see a grenade pin hanging from his mouth. At what, which point Harry, you know, says, oh, fuck, like... Like, he knows they're fucked at this point. Like, they're all going to die. Um, but one of the other uh, guys in the group, uh, played by Jono Davies, he jumps on top of the terrorist and covers him up, basically, like, sacrificing himself to save everyone else's life. Um, the other two two people that are there, we've come to find out, is Merlin, played by Mark Strong, who has no hair, which is the way I prefer my Mark Strong. <laughs> there you go. Otherwise, yep. I don't recognize him for half of the movie. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, Lancelot, played by Jack Davenport. All of this time, he's not Lancelot yet. He's about to become Lancelot. Right. Um, once, uh, you know, Harry realizes that Lee killed himself, um, he says, I guess the final, you know, test is over, and you congratulations, you're the new Lancelot, and looks at the guy, and he becomes the new member of the, the crew. Um, this will come back into play later, because we're going to see a little more of, like, why this is important as this movie goes on. Uh, but we get a little cutscene back to... Um, a little flat in London, and we see Lee's wife, uh, the guy who sacrificed himself, Michelle, played by Samantha Womack. Um, she's getting informed of her husband's death, and, you know, Galahad, Harry's not really giving her much detail because he can't. It's kind of like a, you know, he sacrificed himself bravely. He did it in the line of honor. He did it in the line of duty. Uh, we're sorry. And he tries to give her a medal of valor with a number on the back of it that comes with a favor, you know, no questions asked, whatever you need, just call this number, we owe it to you. But make sure you use the, the phrase, Oxfords, not brogues, basically when you call, that way we know it's you. Uh, Michelle says, I don't want this medal, I want answers, but she's not going to get that. So then Harry goes over to a young boy sitting on the floor uh, named Gary. Also, we're going to refer to him as Eggsy the rest of the movie, but his real name is Gary. Um, 
Now, the kid isn't played by Taron Tigerton. <laughs> Just in case you guys are wondering, he's played by Alex Nikolov, and he hands the little boy a medal. And uh, we, we then see um, a snow globe, and he's, like, shaking a snow globe and talking to him. And then he gets this cool cut scene where, like, we zoom in on the snow globe, and we get the fucking title, <laughs> Kingsman. <laughs> yeah. And th- that scene, very much, I, I expected the Colin Firth to just say, your father... Yeah, hid this metal up his ass for five years. <laughs> he keisted it in a very because uncomfortable it looked, place. It's, it's it's almost lifted right from Pulp Fiction. Oh yeah, and the scene like looks exactly like yeah. So um, so next we we get out this cool scene. It's like we're in, it's seventeen years later, and they're in Argentina, which I don't know why I always like when I see this. I'm like, oh, they're in the Alps, but they're in fucking Argentina. Like, I know something about Argentina doesn't seem like it should be snowy, but it is. Well, there's more Nazis in Argentina than there are in Germany. So. Not fucking wrong about that. <laughs> I've watched so many shows like the Hunting Hitlers and stuff. And they're always in Argentina, Argentina, and Brazil. Also, the uh, episode of Top Gear that got Top Gear kicked off the fucking... Uh, it got Jeremy Clarkson and all them kicked off of Top Gear took place in, in Argentina. Yeah. Uh, they went down there and uh, decided to run run a license plate on the front of the car that was in reference to the Falkland Islands War. Oh, really? I and they got okay. attacked by a bunch of people that got rocks and they ended up abandoning the cars and, and like running away for their lives. And then oh Jeremy Clarkson got so pissed that he punched one of the producers in the face and couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I love him. Oh, also season, to a nicer season two of Clarkson's farm just came out yesterday. He's such a douche. Yeah. But he's, he knows it. Yeah, like no, he this, doesn't try to hide. Like he doesn't try to act like he's a good person. It doesn't make being a douche any better. Nah, I, <laughs> That's the thing, Joe. No, when, I, you, when someone is a fucking, they've, they've been authenticated as a douche. That's the last sentence. They're a douche. That's it. <laughs> There's no redeemable value. What do we talk about? Nah. I didn't call him an asshole. He's redeemable if he's an asshole. But if he's a douche, he's irredeemable. All right. Well, I like Jeremy Clarkson. And I'll always like Jeremy Clarkson. I don't really know who Jeremy Clarkson is. <laughs> He's, I'm just, I'm a spectator of this argument. If, if, you rec- if you've seen him, you'd know him. Like, he's got one of those faces. One of those, you know, I just want to punch you. I don't know why. Is there anything I do to change it? No, I'm, I just want to punch you in the face. To That's me, Jeremy he, Clark. he's one of my, like, you know, you said, they said there's like five people you define your personality from. He's one of those five. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I fucking love Clarkson. Clarkson's my favorite. Um, but back to the, uh, back to the Argentinian uh, of, of Chateau. Uh, we see a professor tied up to a chair, James Arnold, played by one Mark Hamill. <laughs> God damn. That, what, yep. a, what a treat. Like, I, I, I would have gave anything to, like, no, you didn't watch this before, and then you saw Mark Hamill sitting there. <laughs> I, I, I was like, yeah, it was that, it's exactly what you would imagine. I was like, is that fucking Mark Hamill? Is that big, fat Mark Hamill? I love that guy, man. And <laughs> the best thing about Mark Hamill is every voice he does in every movie sounds like the Joker to me. <laughs> and i mean it's a it's a wonderful i mean it's it's made him a legendary voiceover actor but no matter what voice he does now it's there's this i don't know like 50 percent of it is just oh that joker yes. you know like it's yeah. in there and even when he did the british accent in this movie it just felt like the joker doing a british accent like it was just i don't know it was also, really cool did you like how it opened up on him on an ice planet kind of a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. <laughs> so uh, he's being held captive by a group of thugs, um, you know, but they're trying to like be nice to him. They're like, look, we're, we can't hurt you. Like 
like he's pulling the tape off his mouth really slow like you're, you're yes. important to us which is a big part of this movie because it doesn't look like a lot of people are coerced by force into what they're doing there a lot of them get just get talked into it by charm like mm-hmm. a weird charm but somehow it happens so when the door knocks one of the thug answers and lancelot's standing there he goes I, I was something like um would it be too preposterous to suppose i'm here for a, cu- a cup of sugar or something like that yes <laughs> and um and immediately the fight breaks out he uh he comes in and just makes short work of all these thugs like just shooting his gun with a silencer taking them out shooting with each other you know shooting through the one guy and then uh the last guy comes out of the kitchen with this this uh real nice cup of whiskey and he shoots him and grabs the cup and goes didn't spill it that'd be a shame <laughs> i mean this guy was smooth smooth as butter man yeah um so um he he's telling you know the 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 professor that he's here to rescue him and as he's saying this you hear another knock at the door and you see this kind of shadowy figure sitting outside the door and he walks up getting ready to answer the door and out of nowhere you just hear and it's it catches you by surprise because you're not expecting this at all his body just falls apart in half because he got sliced right up the middle um and then then we meet uh gazelle who's played by sophia butella i think that's how i said that name um and yes, that you you nailed it. And before before she answers the door, she goes upstairs and gets a bunch of sheets and covers all the dead bodies. This is another yeah. part, this is another weird bit in this movie. I just kind of like. I'm just like uh like this guy hates blood. <laughs> like it's so fucking funny. Oh. It was cool. It felt like one of those like pitched moments where it was like, all right, but what if he fucking can't stand the sight of blood? Like he's he's the main villain in the movie. But what if it just grosses him yeah. out? Like it's such a yeah a weird clever you know character trait so we open the door and we we see richmond valentine standing there played by one samuel l jackson <laughs> he kills this role too like he's so believable in this role oh definitely and what's funny is this isn't the normal samuel like normally samuel jackson is samuel l jackson in everything <laughs> and this isn't him like this is him doing an actual character for once it was his idea to do the lisp yeah um, God, I just I, I love this character as the fucking megalomaniac villain, like which we'll get to that later in the movie. But like he plays it so well, um, and he's what is the movie where he's like I want to be a bad guy, but I don't want to be a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like his his intentions in his mind are justified, but at the same time, like he's fucking doing a horrible thing. Uh, yeah. So he goes it's- to the professor and tells him like. Look, uh, none of this would have happened. I'm sorry you had to see this, but that other guy came in here and kind of like fucked it off. I was just coming here to take you back with me and like make you my friend. Like we're going to be good friends. Um, And it's so, it's like such a weird like dynamic because you're thinking like, this is the villain. So like, why is he being nice? Why isn't he killing people? Why am I even for a surprise? There's going to be some twist where the Kingsmen are the bad people. Like you're just, it's, it's, it's kind of like a nice little mind fuck they play in you. Um, so back in uh, London now, we see Harry get out of a uh, a London taxi that's just, I mean, this thing's decked out. It's got like cigars and shit, a full bar in it, like nice little fucking, uh, you know, AV equipment. Um, and he pulls up in front of a tailor shop that when it pulls away, we get the reveal is the Kingsman tailor shop on Savile Row. It's, you know, real fancy place for suits. Um, and he walks inside and he ends up meeting with a couple of guys in there. And I do have a clip here that I'm going to play for you guys. It's kind of a memorial to the, the, the agent they just lost. 
coffin. Galahad. The others were beginning to wonder if we were going to have a double toast. Gentlemen, I'm thankful to say it's been 17 years since we last had occasion to use this decanter. Lancelot was an outstanding agent and a true kingsman. He will be sorely missed. To Lancelot. To Lancelot. I intend to start selection process for Lancelot's replacement tomorrow. I want each of you to propose a candidate and have them report to UKHQ no later than 9 p.m. GMT. Thank you. Merlin, come in. Lancelot was investigating a group of mercenaries who were experimenting with biological weaponry. Classes, gentlemen, please. Uganda, 2012. Synthetic cathinones. They put it in the water supply of a guerrilla army base. Rage, cannibalism, multiple fatalities. Chechnya, 2013. Insurgents turned on one another. Indisputably the work of our mercenaries, but no trace of any chemicals of any kind. So what happened to Lancelot? He tracked them to this property in Argentina. While he had them under surveillance, he became aware they defected a kidnapping. So he executed a solo rescue mission which failed. This is his last transmission. Who is he? Some climate change doomsayer expounds something called Gaia theory about the world healing itself or some such. But what's curious is he's not actually missing. Is this Professor Arnold? At Imperial College this morning. <clears throat> it's all yours. And don't forget your membership proposal. Try picking a more suitable candidate this time. 17 years and still evolving with the times remains an entirely foreign concept to you. You don't remind you I wouldn't be here if it weren't for that young man. He was as much Kingsman material as any of them. More so. But he wasn't exactly one of us, was he? Let's face it, Galahad. Your little experiment failed. With respect, Arthur. You're a snob. With respect. The world is changing. There's a reason why aristocrats developed weak chins. I want to know what All that right, reason so... is. <laughs> <laughs> Has something to do with ham. Um, <laughs> they did something in this scene that I absolutely fucking love in a movie. And that's when you have a prop and you have a prop department. In this case, it's a clipboard. Okay. And to set the scene for you guys at home, it's a high tech situation where we put these glasses on. It could project holograms and, and, you know, do all of these like very Tony Stark things. And as he's touching the clipboard, it's, you know, it's changing the scenery that he's showing to these guys, but they never show you the front of the clipboard. So it's just a fucking clipboard. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, it, and you got to imagine the scene is like, all right, just tap the clipboard, just tap it, just yeah. give it a tap. It'll make sense when I, when I edit this together, it's going to look <laughs> awesome. And he did. It looked, you don't, you don't question it. Yeah. But when you really look at it, it's like, he's just, he's tapping a fucking clipboard. It's oh, awesome. And there, yeah. There's a scene later on in the movie where the, the three of them, are playing off that clipboard and the looks they give each other they're fighting over control of the clipboard and you're <laughs> yeah, right yeah. it makes it even funnier because it's just a fucking clipboard but they're yep. fighting over control of it so yeah it's great so the 
the cool part of the scene is uh, here. What they're doing, they're they're doing a toast basically to their fallen comrade, their partner, and uh, but they don't let it like linger to where the point is stopping business as usual. They're they're like, all right, we're moving on now. We have to replace him. Um, and one thing you start noticing at this point, if you haven't noticed it already, is the names that they have, the, the, the code names, are all like members of King Arthur's court, of the Knights of the Round Table. Yep. Um, you have Galahad, Percival, Lancelot, Arthur. So it's, it's kind of a cool little uh, thing they're playing because, you know, they're British, obviously. And that was the protectors of the realm back in the day. Yeah. yeah they're I, the I, new knights, as they say. Yeah. Um, so... We we get a uh, Harry in in there who he you can tell by what what's said, said by Arthur that the the guy in the beginning of the of the movie that we see die that sacrifices his life was basically his selection for you know the the proving grounds of becoming a Kingsman and um, he Arthur you can tell like is this very stuck up like. He wasn't royalty. He wasn't like from lineage of good birth. Why? Right. Why should he even be here? And Galahad's like, well, look, I believe things can be different. Things can change. There's no reason that we have to stick in this um, this method of doing things with the way we've always done them. Like we we can bring in these these new members. They don't have to come from this upper crust family. You know, there's there's change. And he actually gives the line about aristocrats having weak chins. Um, now I actually know the real definition. That I was just wondering if you guys knew why that is. No. So, oh, why aristocrats have weak chins? Like, really genetically have weak chins? Correct. It's because they all inbred. Like, aristocrat, oh, okay. yeah, aristocrats yeah, yeah. come from long lines of inbreeding, so they did, they wouldn't yes. mix anything else into the population. So they all basically started having deformities and becoming. So when he's telling him this line, like, he's trying to bring in, like, a new way, bring in new blood, bring in a new yeah. way to do things. He's trying to, like, diversify the bloodline versus just having this aristocratic incest over and over again. That makes again. sense. I see. Yeah, okay. Very nice. Um, now we uh, catch up with with Eggsy. He's pl- once um, now he's played by Terrence Egg- Taron Egerton. He wasn't earlier. He was played by a little baby earlier. Um, he's in his twenties, and he's living with his mother and her new husband Dean, played by Jeff Bell. And um, we see him as a little baby sister in a, in a crib, and they're just living in this really shitty apartment. Like, and they don't look like they have very much money except for maybe some like. Crime money. It looks like crime money. Whenever you, I don't know why. When someone pulls out this wide cash, it just reminds me of crime money. Ill-gotten um, gains. Yeah. Why are you getting paid like that, man? For some reason, I believe one of his neighbors has to be Allie G. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, Eggsy, You know, he gets harassed by the the stepdad, who basically implies he's going to have a three way with his mom. <laughs> like, gives him some cash to leave. <laughs> um, and they uh, they go to a pub, which. I don't know what it is like about pubs. I just wish we had pubs. I wish pubs were like an American thing like they are in England. Like it just seems like a cool atmosphere. It does. I got, I got a question too, since you've dug deep on the trivia of this movie, we've watched a lot of British movies on this podcast. This movie was very easy for me to understand. Like all of the dialogue seemed very dumbed down for American audiences. Do you think that's, there's an element of truth to that? Yes. Okay. It was okay. definitely made for an international audience as opposed to the British gangster movies that we've watched on the show where they are made to completely represent that world. Authentically. Authentically. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah, definitely. I the Americanized British. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they didn't go too cockney. 
They, you know, they had the working class accent going for for Eggsy and, and his friends and that whole crew, but it was a working class accent that everyone could understand. You nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. The terms are referred to as um, wood sitting on a bed because it's BBC America. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Okay. Get my joke. <laughs> I see what you did there. I, see what you... I still want that picture of, T- of Big Tim on the bed. <laughs> I, gotta, I haven't talked to Big Tim in a while, man. I gotta see what he's up to. Uh, I have uh, an idea but for no, I, I will not draw that. No. That's. Uh... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no. I was just going on with the movie. So if you have anything else to add here, no, no, no. Just thing. real quick. So, Jeff Bell, what, what movie that we've done fairly recently was. Was he in who do you play? I remember like recently seeing him. I can't remember what movie it yeah, was though. It was Rock and Roller. He played Fred the Head. <sighs> okay. That's right. That's yeah. right. I was thinking it was that or Baby Driver. I don't remember yeah, those he two. Was, like he was one of the wild bunch. Nice. Yeah. Um so they go to the pub and he's there with two of his friends and they're you know, they're doing like guys do talking shit. But one of them accidentally makes the mistake of pointing over at this group of like goons that's sitting there. And apparently they're Dean's Dean's guys. Um so Eggsy, you know, apologizes and leaves, but while he does it, he steals one of like the head guy's keys and goes outside and gets in this like really cool Subaru Impreza WRX and starts doing donuts out front when they go out front <laughs> and he's like, this is my car. And he drives off and then like, he, you know, he's calling Dean to tell on him like, Eggsy stole my car. I can't beat him up myself. I'm supposed to be your enforcer, <laughs> but he stole my car. Um, and then we see him get chased by the cops. Um, I don't know the significance of this, but for some reason there's a fox in the road that he swerves to miss and wrecks the car and uh, basically tells the other guys to get out of the car and run away and he's going to take the fall for them. Um, he just head on fucking rams the cop car. See, that was a big moment for me when he he very clearly was in control for that whole scene. Oh, yeah. I mean, this, this kid is fucking awesome at driving. And when he sees the animal in the road, he gives this look like, I know... I have to crash this car now because yeah. I'm not going to kill this thing. And it was right. like a character moment. It was like, okay, we know who this kid is. He's got empathy. Yeah. And that, that's so important later. Yes. So <clears throat> direct tie in. Um, I like how the guy in the backseat goes, the Fox is a vermin. You should just hit it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so this is my, my, uh, follow me here. Right. Follow me here. Okay. Okay. So All this right. is my conspiracy theory. They need right now, him to be available to become like a Kingsman. So they need some reason for him to need to call upon them, basically call upon Harry. Now, Taron Egerson, Egerson also played Robin Hood in another movie. Robin Hood in the Disney version is a Fox and hung out with the fucking Knights of the King's court. Oh my but God. This was Taron Egerton's <clears throat> first movie, so I know, but maybe they knew he was going to play Robin Hood. Like I'm just telling, Bingo Bingo Bongo. <laughs> like it's all coming. Robin Hood was a fox. He hung out with all the Arthur's and all the fucking like legends of the fucking Round Table. Like it's too much coincidence for me. No, you just gave me fucking whiplash. Why couldn't it just be a, a fucking cat or something or a dog? Like why did it have to be a fox? The fox is what threw me off there. I don't know. Fox is a very like British vermin yes. type animal, you know. I suppose, but I don't know. Like foxes seem cool. Like I'm like, oh, there's a fox. <laughs> I like it. You know what? It's They're like, cool until you watch too many fucking YouTube videos on rescued foxes and those noises they fucking make, and you want to mm. kill them all. Trust mm. me. 
I yeah. like your theory, Joe. It's a it's a sound theory. It's a it's probably not theory. right, but um, not correct whatsoever. You, <laughs> you connected it's a well bunch thought of out. dots. Yeah, yeah so there was well a lot of yarn out. and shit. Like, Look, you, yeah. You, yeah, I feel like uh, in Always Sunny Philadelphia, where Charlie's at the fucking board with the yes. yarns. Yeah. You got you got all the points are connected. So we give you get an A for effort on that. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah, fuck yeah. And if not, I just came up with like the one of those cool little like six degrees separation. So either way, I'm happy. <laughs> um, so now I'm going to go into a next scene. This is kind of a longer scene, but it's going to cover a bunch of stuff. It's going to cover, you know, him basically getting his introduction to everything, him meeting Harry, him at the police station, all this good stuff here. And, like, I just can't do it justice saying it the way they can. Actually, there is no such thing as honor amongst thieves. Now, you can start giving me some names of the boys you were with, or you go down up to you. Won't exercise my right to a phone call. Well, I hope it's to your mum to tell her you're going to be 18 months late for your dinner. Amwin, sorry, uh, uh, Gary Amwin, and I'm up Shit Creek. I'm in Hoban Police Station, and my mum said to call this number if ever I needed sorry, help. Sir. And wrong number. Wait, wait. Oxford's not bros. Your complaint has been duly noted, you released that ain't an answer a little gratitude would be nice my name is harry hart and i gave you that medal your father saved my life so before you was a tailor was you in the army like an officer not quite so where was you posted iraq or something sorry exit classified but my dad saved your life yeah the day your father died, I missed something. If it went for his courage, my mistake would have cost the lives of every man present. So I owe him. Your father was a brave man. A good man. And having read your files, I think you'd be bitterly disappointed in the choices you've made. You can't talk to me like that. Huge IQ, great performance at primary school. And it all went tits up. Drugs. 
petty crime, never had a job. Oh, you think there's a lot of jobs going around here, dear? Doesn't explain why you gave up your hobbies. First prize, regional under-10s gymnastics, two years in a row. Your coach had you pegged as Olympic team material. Yeah, well, when you grow up around someone like my stepdad, you pick up new hobbies pretty quick. And of course, always someone else's fault. Who's to blame for you quitting the Marines? You're halfway through training, doing brilliantly, but you gave up. Because my mum went mental, banging on about losing me as well as my dad. Didn't want me being cannon fodder for snobs like you. Judging people like me from your ivory towers with no thought about why we do what we do. We ain't got much choice, you get me? And if we was born with the same silver spoon up our asses, we'd do just as well as you, if not better. What the fuck are you doing here? You're taking a piss. Some more examples of young men who simply need a silver suppository. No, there are exceptions. Come on. Nonsense, we haven't finished our drinks. After you nicked his card, Dean says you're a fair guy. And you don't give a shit what your mum says. Um, listen, boys. I've had a rather emotional day. So whatever your beef with Eggsy is, and I'm sure it's well-founded, I'd appreciate it enormously if you could just leave us in peace until I finish this lovely pint of Guinness. You should get out of the way, Granddaddy. You'll get out and all. He ain't joking. You should go. Excuse me. Excuse me. You're looking for another rent boy. They're on the corner of Smith Street. Manners make it. It's so good. Um, so we get a little bit more, um, you know, exposition here. A little bit more dialogue going on. Um, Eggsy's in the police station. The The officers are basically trying to get him rat out his friends. Um, he's also from something, too, but I couldn't... I forgot to look at what his name was, but I recognize oh. him from something. Which one? The guy who played the cop. Oh, he's... Dude, he's been in... I was looking it up. But there's too much to even bring up. Like he's been in everything. Yeah, I, I just you know, I recognize. There him, was like, a there was a, a horror movie called Witch. He was the dad in that. He's been in a shit ton of British uh, TV series, like cop series. He's always like a, a detective in, in a cop series. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I, he might have been in um, Pirates of the Caribbean. You know, things like that. Like he's just got that gruff look. And yeah, he's one of those recognizable. And his voice, yeah. like his voice, just like yes. Yeah. I, I instantly heard him like oh, I know him, but I couldn't like. It's one of those. He's like he's a that guy. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. The, I, he's that guy from that thing. Oh, yeah. hundred percent. No, absolutely. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so uh, he's he's all confident. Well, like uh, you know, it's <clears throat> we get this other important thing, which it repeats itself a couple times throughout the movie. But the theme of like not fucking saying shit. Like you're not gonna rat nobody out. You're gonna like keep your mouth shut. Um, and Eggsy's like, nah, nah, bruv. I'm going to do my time. Like, I ain't going to, like, I ain't going to wrap my no. boys out. <laughs> no, bruv. <laughs> they do like, use the word yeah, bruv I know the bruv. Yeah. yeah. So, so he's like, well, I guess I'll tell your mom you're going to see her in 18 months. And uh, this this is the one thing, I guess, I guess because it's not America. But like, he's like, I need to make a phone call. There's just a phone sitting on the desk. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> the guy leaves him there alone. Go, like, that wouldn't happen in America. No, um, no. So, uh, they. Well, because we live in a police state. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much, yes. It's true. Pretty much, um, bro. 
pretty much. <laughs> yes, <all>. there you <laughs> go. So he, he makes the phone call, but he dials this number on the back of the medallion, which is really looks like a date. It's like 12, 1997, which I think might be the date that he died. Like, cause yeah, it, it, I, I believe it is. Cause it was 97. The movie opens in 97. So I think like the number is tied to directly to that metal and to Eggsy. Yeah. That's, so that, was, that was my guess. In the that was my thing, guess yeah. too. Although, although it's hard to tell if it's Christmas in the middle East. <laughs> Cause yeah. there's no snow. Like well, there is no snow in Africa this year. Just listen to the old song. Also, I don't think Christmas <laughs> exists in the Middle East. Also, <laughs> so like, <laughs> well, the twenty fifth does, but yeah. Well, apparently the nineteenth is the day. So, but yeah. um, so uh, he calls the number and some. It's like, welcome to the customer complaint department, and he's like, what the fuck? And like, he almost forgets to say the catchphrase, but the second he says the catchphrase, your complaint has been noted, and um, lo and behold, he's out of jail the cops out front getting a call he's pissed off about and as he's walking on the stairs harry's standing there in a like i said this goes back into my belief that this whole thing was set up because it was way too like back to back to bingo bingo bongos like i think the fox was there for a reason to get him in jail so that way he can get him out of jail that way he can ask him to be his new you know kingsman so you are you asserting that someone placed the fox in the road at that specific moment i mean they trained this fox like you Look, know. if the Kingsmen can do all the other shit they can do in this movie, they can definitely put a fucking That's fox true. in the road. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, That's true. There was yeah. like a trap door in the, in the street with a fox under it. Yeah, We it, call yeah. that Fox News. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's fake. Because it's fake. <laughs> so, God damn it. Hold on. I'm trying to find the applause button. I can't find it. It's too good. Uh, so, uh, we get this, uh, we get this awesome, uh, this awesome uh, scene of him basically just telling Eggsy, like, look, uh, I know who you are. Like, I mean, he had, like, he knows everything about this fucking kid. He's been planning this out. Like, this isn't something that just happened. He's like, I know you quit jacking off in ninth grade and, <laughs> and, uh, you were in the Olympics, but you weren't really in the Olympics. You know, your dad, you're smart, but you quit. Um, oh, you can't get a job. Well, no one can get a job. Fuck you. This isn't America. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's for sure been fucking vetting this kid. Yeah. Forever. Yeah. Like he, he like wants him. Like he's been like uh he's been Benny Mardonising him. So like he, oh, he's no. ready. Slow down. No, he, Slow he's down. wanted to take care of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he feels a lot of guilt. Wanted to Absolutely. Take does. care of him. See, you went right for pedophilia and you know <laughs> it's not what it is, man. He just, you know, his his dad sacrificed his life to save his man, so he feels Yeah, the- no, nah, I know. Just being just being Joe. So of course they go to the only pub in London because apparently there's no other pubs here, it's the only fucking pub ever available, and uh, they're having a, a you know a pint. And uh, I I like the scene because the goons come in and they approach them while they're talking, and uh, you know Galahad's like he, he looks like he's ready for a fight. He even says afterwards, you know, it's been a tough couple fucking days. Like I really need yeah. to blow off some steam, um, but uh. He, he asks very politely to just finish his Guinness and he'll leave and let them do. He's like, yeah, I'm sure he's fucked up something. Like, this kid's a fuck up, obviously. But I want to finish my beer. Can I finish my beer? They're, they're being rude to him. He's like, okay, fuck you guys. Walks over the door. Looks like he's going to walk away. And then, of course, they have to get that chicken, <laughs> like the fucking Biff Tannen line as yeah, he's walking out the door. Yes. Um, And uh, he reaches up and there's this fucking great lock scene where he, like, locks it. Manners. Maketh man, and it's just yeah. a fucking great line. Like it is so good. I mean, um, 
speaking of all this Wolverine talk, he's like anti Wolverine, right? He's just like the fanciest, most polite Wolverine. Yeah. He's like Cyclops. He's like Cyclops. Even has the glasses. <laughs> but yeah, he's just, he's so proper and everything is just so on point. Like that, that to me is the appeal of this character is that it's, yeah. it's just an immaculately, immaculately presented, um, situation sorry my dog's freaking out oh my god correct he's like um what's the show at pebble beach the cart the concours de elegance <laughs> at yes. pebble beach yes. <laughs> uh, that that's him as 100%. like a character um but he can get he can get down he can really oh get down god. and uh we'll talk about him getting down on part two Hey guys, we've got to that point in the show where we need to start depending on listeners like you to help keep this thing going. What are we, fucking PBS? Oh yeah, you know it. I'm LeVar Burton. I wanted to be LeVar. Fuck. All right. I caught it first. Yeah, I'm hosting we... Jeopardy. <laughs> are you though? Listen guys, we, we need your help uh, to help keep the lights on as they say. Uh, we are launching our Patreon for Masters of the Cinematic Universe. Yes. Yes. And we have uh, different tiers that you can sign up for and pledge to, just like PBS. Um, you get some different real cool gifts and prizes and merch, uh, depending on the tier that you sign up for. Oh, we got all the tiers. Oh, yeah. You Back. can either be a friend it, of the show, a oh. friend with benefits. Ooh. We, could, we could start to get serious, or you could just put a ring on it already. Yeah. Ooh, damn. And if you, uh, if you exceed that amount, uh, you know, we'll send you some... Not safe for work picks, or if, if you want. <laughs> it's not safe for your eyes picks in my case, but not safe for anything right. picks. Yeah. But yeah, guys, check out uh, patreon.com slash MOTCU. Uh, take a look at well, all the different tiers that we're offering. Lots of cool uh, swag coming your way from stickers to t shirts to getting to pick the film that we uh, talk about. Yeah. The tiers started at a dollar. A dollar a month. Come on, what? folks. That's it? Yep. One buck to get in on that on that number one tier. And All with right. that, you even get the live chat with us anytime you want, as well as a shout-out on every episode. Right. So, come on. That's less than a cup of coffee a month. Jesus, what a steal. Yeah, guys, right? check it out. Again, patreon.com slash M-O-T-C-U. And then, enjoy this week's movie.